we are live we're back yay um we're gonna do some well we're gonna do something a little different but i'm also still drinking wine yeah um <laughs> we're kind of brunching at 3 46 p.m <laughs> yeah we ran we went on a long ish i guess it was just 30 minutes that's long run. for me honey that, that is wrong long it was three miles and wrong i came back with my ass um i just don't usually run i was telling you like i usually walk the hill nearby by where i live um so running i choose not. yeah i know i was like i just do a really slow jog but you were consistently jogging the whole time that's why i go so slow yeah because i can't (laughs) if i don't go so slow yeah yeah um so that was fun that was a productive day and now we're here yeah, we're drinking fucking champagne, mimosas, wine. I'm excited. Let's cheers because I want to try this juice that I got. It's fire. Yay, cheers. I already cheers. Okay, <laughs> bitch. Why the switch up to champagne, you might ask? Well, it's a very special episode. It is <laughs> a very special episode. Um, we out here trying to break some hearts. Yeah. <laughs> so you are listening to It's a Sickness podcast. A podcast where two friends geek out over all things perplexing in medicine, science, and health. I'm Nicole. And I'm Lila. Uh, If you are on Twitter or Instagram, you can stay connected with us through our page at it's a sickness underscore. And did you know that you could be notified when it's a sickness releases an episode? Be sure to subscribe and adjust your notification settings so you won't miss out on this here sickness we're on apple podcast spotify google podcast and i don't even know where else literally find us. pretty much anywhere you stalk get your us. podcasts yeah stalk, stalk me stalk me don't break my heart <laughs> <laughs> all right so for this episode heartbreak we've all been there and most of us can probably agree it's crippling to the mind body and soul From emotional pain that feels like physical pain, withdrawal symptoms, and intrusive thoughts that keep us stuck in a state of anger and sadness, suffering from a broken heart is no walk or jog in the park. (laughs) (laughs) But what physically happens to your body when your heart actually breaks? Can you die of a broken heart? Well, we are here today to answer these questions. So grab your wine, grab your comfort food, and listen in while we jump headfirst into broken heart syndrome. Tis the season for broken heart syndrome. (laughs) What's happening on February 14th? Why is everyone talking about it? Nobody cares. (laughs) It's an American holiday. It's a Hallmark holiday. I don't care. We'll be right back after this quick break. Okay. Are we ready? We are ready. Okay. So as we were saying, um, it's about that time of the year where the Hallmark holiday, Valentine's Day, gag myself today to gag myself to death day <laughs> gag myself to death day shit right day please um to remind us that the man that's been studying your dms and the chick who's been leaving you on red actually have significant others Ooh. no it really is that time of the year where you find out people have girlfriends and oh wow i didn't know you were in a relationship day <laughs> but okay that ain't the most backwards national hold up let me ruin some of y'all's relationship day (laughs) no this is this is literally the tone we're going into this uh episode with last year i was working at temple and i actually ended my valentine's day night with a dude who ended up having a girlfriend (laughs) and so 
that's that's as that's, they do as they usually do yeah i'm done um so um now we're here i can't like <laughs> i think when i was in a relationship four years ago um i had like i would say that that was obviously a good valentine's day that i had like in that relationship the one valentine's or two that i had with him but i don't think like for the most part i'm i'm single on valentine's day and i don't i've spent and i plan to I'm spend i'm trying to be in a fucking luxurious bathtub drinking champagne when the the clock strikes midnight on valentine's day so if i got to rent a fucking hotel room for one i will um yeah i'm actually trying to do something like a Valentine's thing it's also my dad's birthday um oh my god <laughs> yeah well um so now we're here talking about but this, this is not about Valentine's <laughs> Day if anyone was wondering <laughs> yeah no it's not about Valentine's Day it's about we're just trying to be cute and have it match up with holidays okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's dive right in um as we said this term is romantically coined broken heart syndrome i'm going to start with a story that i found through this article <clears throat> that was provided by fox news in 2018 fox um, news. yeah i don't i know i know but you know <laughs> i'm trying to it was a great story and <laughs> It's not about politics here. So it's about a woman named Helen Ross uh, residing in the UK now. She's either 38 or 39, late 30s, and a mother of two sons. And she claims that she nearly died of a broken heart when it stopped beating twice. This happened after she broke up with her childhood sweetheart. She was 26 years old and she was... <clears throat> obviously devastated by the ending of the relationship that she thought would last her entire life. When do they ever? Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you thought. <clears throat> Which actually abruptly ended on July 2006. <laughs> but daddy, I love him. <laughs> so when it ended on July 2006, <laughs> so terrible, Um, she, instead of breaking down into we all handle this kind of situation differently and so for her she threw herself into modeling work and remained distracted emotionally as she, as much as she could um so she goes to florida for a two-week modeling gig wait she was almost 40 and she was a model no so she is 38 39 now now okay got it 26 when this had just happened so literally like, yeah, a year right. younger than <laughs> oh oh big well, i mean modeling <laughs> even mm -hmm, even um even as a 26 year old i would say that's late in the game for the for the modeling career path but maybe she was doing it before i don't know so she goes to, to florida for a two-week modeling gig for fitness and fashion brands she's living it up like she wasn't just tied down and currently dead inside as as one does when as they one, break up you have to go up go out and get so, yeah, I agree. I agree. And she had uh, her family and her friends also saying, you know, just do that. Um, yeah. That was a plan to be out there living it up, you know, send, probably posting those thirst straps as we went today. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. And you see me and Perfin just broke up with me. I need it. <laughs> Asking a random man to have their hand in your photo from across the dinner table. <laughs> in a twisted way, hoping that your ex is like stalking you, even though I don't and know that guys do jealous. that. Yeah. Oh, they definitely do that. <laughs> I went through way yeah, too you're many right. men's phone. I've caught a few. <laughs> well, it's hella funny because in the few that I've caught and I've like said some like 
not even like I'm like okay I'm not gonna embarrass or hurt, humiliate you but like I saw that you saw I'm like it's, I was it's literally s- checking to see if you were checking for me <laughs> and I saw that you did why are you why are you checking for me oh my god let me text you I'm like oh my god that's psycho that you know that I saw you <laughs> when I don't follow you I'm I saw like, you saw me see me saw you <laughs> let's get back together and that's how i ended up with broken heart syndrome just kidding well she was out there doing all that living it up posting thirst traps and um well that was planned and she was she was about to start when on the first day of the shoot her heart stopped so she had like collapsed on set and they had called an ambulance and it had stopped again at some point between her being transported to the hospital and the medic said that the condition was caused by some type of traumatic. Okay, let me back up. Sorry. So she was transported to the hospital. It, it had stopped a second time on the way there. And that's where she was diagnosed with stress-induced cardiomyopathy, myopathy. known as broken heart syndrome, romantically coined as broken heart syndrome. Um, and medics were sure that it was induced by a traumatic, the trauma of the breakup. So Let's spill wine on the breakup because that's actually why I'm here personally. <laughs> yeah, give me the fucking tea on that. Yeah, I told Nicole yesterday that we were switching our podcast to a uh, podcast category setting to drama. So now we're here. And she was like, and I'm not kidding and I'm not changing it back. And, <laughs> and it's like, currently set to drama. I was like half asleep. I was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we make business decisions yeah. around here. It really is. So basically about the breakup, some wine, because uh, we don't keep your tea. Um, <laughs> she was like, listen, Andy, this is an ultimatum. We could fucking life together, fucking marry me. Um, I don't know what the ultimatum was about. But it was probably it was, something like that. Something, yeah. Or maybe she was begging him to stop cheating on her. Who knows? Because probably both. What ended up happening. Please stop cheating on me. And also, can we get married? <laughs> I thought you said you loved me. If you didn't, then you would do it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, And though she thought it would work out in her favor, it in fact did not. And he declined her final chance. He didn't care for her ultimatum. He said, keep your ultimatum. We're done. So (laughs) she was unable to picture herself without him as we most like when we're in in like a fresh situation of a breakup we're like how am i gonna breathe tomorrow or ever again yeah you're like i'm never gonna find anyone that remotely pretends to care about me (laughs) like my last boyfriend did who's gonna pay attention (laughs) to me now (laughs) who's gonna be yeah literally (laughs) meanwhile dms flooded yeah no literally it's like i want the attention when you want to when you want the attention from one particular person it doesn't matter if you have like a hundred other people no. on your asshole if literally in, i don't love is is the most powerful force on the planet in good and bad ways <laughs> just note that okay mm-hmm. so um they did they had just they had just bought a house too oh, they so were there was like serious, a lot of serious. yeah well it's her childhood sweetheart so they knew each other their whole lives basically and he's like, keep your ultimatum. I don't want it. And keep the house. And I don't care. So the family and friends, like, because just knowing it was like a breakup. But then you also got to figure out, like, the logistics of separating yeah, fully, which is hard. Me and you having had lived with men before. Very hard. 
And yeah, yeah, I can't imagine buying a house with someone, just buying a house with someone. I'd be like, no, you leave. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he did leave. But it's <laughs> I, even if it was in your, like, your hands, it was like, or it would be, like, I don't even know that I would want to stay there. I mean, pri- I, I've been through it, and I, I remember wanting to stay in the living situation because it was comfortable, but it was not healthy. It's never healthy to stay no. in that kind of situation. Yeah. So, yeah, that was... That sucks. Um, unfortunately, she had to deal with that, and her family and friends were like, "Yeah, you should go and be in Florida because what the fuck is there for you here?" But us, of course. But you know, you should leave. <laughs> you should leave because we, we don't, don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> we're tired. <laughs> yeah, she was. It was in. She was um, explaining that she was having just a hard time. Like, you know, when you're trying to not pay attention to your phone. But secretly also hoping that they are going to text you. What my, you want my drink? You're not drinking it. I just finished my, Nicole just came for my (laughs) champagne. Literally came for it. Literally reached reached over the table for my champagne and had to, I had to pull it back real quick. Well, maybe we need to take a pause so I can refill my fucking glass. Do that. So, um, back to this girl with a broken heart. Yeah. So in the series of events where her heart stops twice, She's taken to the hospital, and doctors are dumbfounded initially. Um, They agree to keep her overnight for monitoring, and in the morning, she wakes up and sees the flushed and anxious look on the nurse's face, which she was having because she had noticed that at night, Helen's heart had stopped beating while they were monitoring her. Yikes. Yeah, so she flatlined um, during that one night that she stayed at the hospital, and she had reported feeling fine and even considered having had slept like a baby. So that was – she would have not noticed. If, yeah, you did. Yeah. You were dead. Yeah. Yeah, honey. <laughs> that's that's about as good as it gets. <laughs> Best sleep of your life. <laughs> um, They call it potluck when the doctors rush in with a defibrillator. I only don't to, like that. <laughs> oh, only, only, only to realize that the heart starts back up again on its own. So that's why it's called potluck. I don't get it. They're running in, <laughs> trying to start your heart again, and it starts up on its own. Oh, a pot luck. Like the pot's lucky, like your heart's like lucky. a lucky situation, like a. Because I'm thinking food. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess I actually think that's. I'm thinking know. everyone's running in with okay. their machines. My mind didn't automatically go there first, so yeah, I see why well, you're confused. I'm... Yeah, I see. I see your facial expression right now. It's very <laughs> clear to me. That you're... I'm very confused why they would call it that. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> Run, take it up with them. I don't I'm going to table this combo and ask <laughs> our friend that is a doctor what the fuck is going on here. Okay, do that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So she ultimately got transported for treatment back in the UK because that's where she was actually living only in Florida for this modeling gig, which lasted all but one day. Um, she received a pacemaker to regulate her heart during her three-day stay at Scunthorpe General Hospital again in the UK. So her dad helped her... Um, with getting the house situated, renting it out, and she's trying to just live healthier. And she re-enrolled into she's school. She's trying to be an independent woman and focus on herself. Building her life. Yeah. In the article, she's like, I will never, <laughs> ever, like, I think she said, like, rely on a man so much, um, which is like, yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. Who, who forgot to teach you that? You know, I asked myself that same question when I was growing up seeing 
the women examples. I of guess my if life. you if you live in a family how yours and mine were, mm-hmm. you grow up being like, okay, I'm gonna make sure I don't do that. Some people are unable. It's like it's like that backward shit of you end up you what what you're running away from you end up running into or mm-hmm. whatever it said. Yeah, I love that quote. Yeah, it's like sometimes, but yeah, no, I mean, I would never. I, I and maybe some people say that to themselves, but don't actually. Some I feel like some people don't learn. No, I mean, well, that's the thing. Or it's a, it's always you can say, "Oh, I'm this way, I'm this way, whatever," and then you get yourself into a situation where all logic is pretty much thrown out the window, and you're yeah living every day based off of emotion. What you would tell somebody else to do, it's easier to see somebody else's situation and see this is exactly what you need, but it's harder to look within your own life and like actually be able to listen to your own advice. So I want to quickly go through some high profile cases that we've heard of before. Well, Ooh, I, I knew I'm of one excited. of them. So I'm going to go through like a few very, very briefly. In 2003... I think this one we're both going to know about. The country singer Johnny Cash lost his life. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) Wife. (laughs) Back it up. (laughs) Then lost his life. (laughs) Yeah. In 2003, country singer Johnny Cash lost his wife and collaborator June Carter Cash, 73 years old, from heart surgery complications. Johnny asked June to marry him during a live performance in London, Ontario. And the two wed only weeks later. He was hospitalized for diabetes treatment and reportedly died of complications from the disease. It's suspected that his heart or that his broken heart worsened his health and symptoms. So have you seen Walk the Line? No, I don't think so. Oh, it's the Johnny Cash movie. It's so good. I don't think I've seen it. Um, It's really good, but I may be misspeaking here, but I don't think I am. He also had some addiction issues, um, but I think, like, towards the end of his life, he was, like, settling down, and, like, the movie, like, portrays it as as if, like, him and his wife were finally, like, really happy, and they were hella in love, and it's, like, really cute, and then she dies, and then, yeah, he, like, yeah. is just done. That's insane. I mean, I believe it, too. So, this is, so, the first story, Helen, I feel like she, it's a woman, another woman suffering from heartbreak, but to, like serious levels this story was more like he it's there was complications from other other things but I think it was still it's like the effect of what being brokenhearted can mean for your like immune system and your yeah kind of just giving up and and losing the will to live it's like I didn't want to live anyway so we're just not gonna care it's like well life is just really just gray as fuck now yeah Another one of those gray as fuck stories <laughs> in 2012, after an 18 month battle with cancer, actress Mary Tam passed away and her husband, Marcus Ringrose, died only 12 days later. <laughs> later. <laughs> um, I should uh, drink some you champagne. Drink more Let's... so you can talk better. <laughs> I'm drunk off one mimosa. This is 27. I know. I'm like, wow, you're very, very loose right now. Just like- <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> the I fuck feel- does that mean? I think it's mostly because, one, we haven't recorded in a while, and this is the first time I'm recording with me going first. So I'm like yeah. more like I was you're getting drunk yesterday when you were going first. Yeah. yeah. Also, champagne makes me bubbly as fuck. 
Yeah, champagne does have that. Mm-hmm. I need a whole glass ahead of me. I am. So, yeah, I'm going to restart that one. In 2012, after an 18-month battle with cancer, actress Mary Tam passed away, and her husband, Marcus Ringrose, died only 12 days later. Ringrose reportedly collapsed while sending an email just hours after delivering a eulogy at his wife's funeral. Oh, my God. He was fit and healthy, and his heart just stopped beating. In August 2016, Don and Maxine Simpson died four hours apart. They died in adjoining hospital beds after hours of intermittently holding hands. That's like some notebook shit. That is the the storyline of the notebook. The ending of the notebook was broken heart syndrome. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm uh, so glad I don't have anyone to be broken. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad I don't care I'm about live it. a long life. <laughs> I'm glad I can cross off one disease. <laughs> one illness I'll never. Yeah, when I'm uh, searching Google trying to diagnose myself, oh, that's not it. That's not <laughs> that's it. Definitely not <laughs> it. <laughs> Clifford and Marguerite Hartland passed away on what would have been the couple's 76th wedding anniversary clifford 76 years 76 years insane they got married when they were what 10 years probably old probably five honestly <laughs> this was obviously an arranged marriage Holy where shit. you can marry off when you're two or something how old are they when they died Do, you don't know so clifford a world war ii veteran was 101 oh my god <laughs> i know when i read that i was like i mean he's sh- okay so they is actually- it bragging hearts and droopers or is it he's old as fuck <laughs> And he he was 101 when he died on July 29th, and his wife, Marjorie, was 97. She passed away only 14 hours later. Okay, so they were in their their mid-20s when they got married then. Yeah. So that's not that bad. That's actually not that bad. That is insane. But we're we're sitting here with our mid-20s. Oh, we're in our late 20s, honey. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's like the early late. Someone someone 28 is like the late. No, no. After 25, late 20s. I disagree. <laughs> okay, no. That's how math works. No. If, I if, feel like early 20s math- is like 20 to 23. Mid-20s is like 24 to 27. Or right at the cutoff. Okay, no, bitch. Because if this was a math class and they said round up, they would round us up to 30. <laughs> fuck, fuck math. No, really, the fuck P- math. The common knowledge that we have. No, we're no. Um, and then Dick and Joanne Flutie, former NFL quarterback Doug Flutie's parents, reportedly both died of heart attacks less than an hour apart. But while Dick had been ill for some time, Joanne's death was sudden and unexpected. That's so fucking cute. Who is Doug Flutie? Who is Doug Flutie? Yeah, I wonder what team he used to play for. Not that any of that matters. I'm fa- that was the first thing that came to my mind because we're just like hoes or something. <sighs> Stop it. Backyard oh, games. he was on the Patriots and the Chicago Bears. Oh, wow. Okay. Kind of matters. Suddenly he just got cuter to me. <laughs> but, but also bye. I'm just going to wrap up with um, I came across this discussion forum um, and saw some people just post about like their experience with broken heart syndrome or like their loved ones or something and I'm just gonna read it okay so first one my literally the first one is a sentence he said my grandfather sat in his armchair and died after uh, hours after returning from my grandmother's funeral so fucking 
It's literally like they're just like, well, I'm done. No, okay. This is like, <laughs> you're going to talk more about it, but like definitely like when my grandma died, we all thought like, okay. And I think it's going on three years right now. Yeah. But like it's, <clears throat> they, yeah, like I've been brokenhearted before and I'm like, damn, he wasn't even married to me. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even like me that much. <laughs> he wasn't even that into me. <laughs> and I felt like I was dying. No, dead ass. It hurt. Yeah. So I can't imagine being like, oh my fuck. Like my grandpa and my grandma, like, just were each other's like person like yeah walks every morning well, when you shit. spend that many Kids. years with someone every single day it's like how do you even wh- why would you even care to continue on yeah it's, if you're old if you're old i'm saying i mean everyone don't go kill themselves <laughs> <laughs> don't do that oh my god <laughs> don't do that it's fine there's life after whatever okay qu- okay pause would you be <laughs> And say you found a man, you're happily married, the best fucking person that you'd ever, like, could have been with, kids, and you die, would you be okay? No. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) I already know what you're about to say, and no. (laughs) I'm haunting you. Especially if she's younger. But, like, at what age is, like, the cutoff, like... Like, okay, honey, look, if you're over 80, (laughs) she could have you. She could fucking have you. That's fine. But no, if I'm like die like tragically in my like 30s or 40s. Yeah. And then this this man goes and gets himself a little fucking 20 year old. Oh, yeah. Woman. I'm gonna be like, oh, (laughs) you know what? Heaven. I know I was about to walk through the gates, but actually have some unfinished business. It's like instantly that scene when you're at the club and you're like, I have to go get my purple cook. I have to go step out for a smoke or something real quick. Mm-hmm. And they're like, there's no re-entry. There's no re-entry. <laughs> Bitch, you on your own. <laughs> you don't see that man acting up down there with a new 20-year-old. I'll be back. No, it better be open when I come back. I, I can I can I can agree, I guess, depending on how it plays out, but I wouldn't want them to be like on like if it was like suddenly dr- drastically I died. Give, just give it like some time but a lot of people i guess like do it because they're trying to fill that void of being alone and like also going back to specifically older aged which yeah like yeah no i it's... i think if if i was like older like that like in my old old to me is anything it, after it, like 50 49 <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um i'd be like yeah go ahead do you like you or have a little shriveled shrimp anyways at this point also if i had kids or even if i had like young kids and it was maybe i died like at a younger age i I definitely want my kids to be like taken care of by like another woman a good woman if it was a good match then yeah i won't be a fucking hater have you ever from the grave (laughs) (laughs) have you We out here daydreaming. Well, we don't have Valentine's plans, so we're going to talk about how if one day we did end up married and died, how we would have. This is the sickest shit. This is the sickest hypothetical. I love it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've also seen these scenarios in, like, movies we're talking about specifically where it's like, oh, and I have arranged... A woman for you. Oh, yeah, where the wife, like, leaves letters and she's, like, trying to hook the husband up. I'd be like, bitch, you're... It's like, P.S. I love you, but backwards. Mm -hmm. P.S. I love you. I actually, like, loved that movie for a long time. And then I was like, how fucking sick. But also, he really... leading her on for, like, hella long. But he led her on to finding a new love. (laughs) Which was his friend. That was weird (laughs) as fuck. (laughs) 
Is that getting my son my friend's food? If you haven't seen PS I Love You, spoiler alert. He dies. Uh, and she fucks his friend. Yeah, he literally from the grave flies her to Ireland and says <laughs> I can't. Okay, well, um, to wrap up my segment and learn more about what broken heart syndrome is, I'm going to cut it with two short um, testimonies. Two short? <laughs> hey. What's my I'm favorite I'm crib walking word? over here. <laughs> Sitting. See, a, a seated crib walk. <laughs> uh, he was not a crib. Oh, I hate myself. You said it. <laughs> You're thinking it. <laughs> okay. So in St. Mary's Churchyard, Whitby, there is the grave of Francis and Mary Huntrods, both born September 19, 1600. Ooh. Married on that day. I'm not sure what year um, the story goes. And died on that day. The same day they were married. Yeah, September 19th. Years later. September, yeah, September 19th. They're both born. September 19th, at a later time, they're both married. September 19th, 1680, 80 years later, they die to, at this, on the same day. Within Weird. five hours of each other. In the meantime, they also had 12 children. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so Close your there. legs! <laughs> This is the 1600s. People were having that's, like that's all they could do. There was no yeah. scrolling through Instagram. Honey, I'm bored. What do you want to do? Let's fuck. <laughs> Let's try Let's any position. Baby. Oh my god, do you want to get? Also, it costed like Let's twenty mo- cents to live. <laughs> yeah. Let's swing on the watermelon. Again. <laughs> and that's on that. And that's on pa pa pa. See this. <laughs> Can I just say? I know you know what song this is. No, never heard of it. And it's to par with this topic. Yes, you have. I love it. (laughs) Okay, and we're back on talking about broken heart syndrome. I literally thought it was going to be my humps. (laughs) No, and I was like, yes, Fergie. I am traumatized. By that song forever because the last time last year when me and Mariah went to New Orleans, we did um oh karaoke God. at the Cat's Meow. Remember the Cat's Meow? Yeah, with the drag queens? No, that was the brunch Cats place. Meow. The Cat's Meow was karaoke place. No. What are the what? Cat's Meow? It's literally a karaoke bar on fucking Bourbon Street. Oh, okay. Um, but this last year when me and Mariah went, we That was the song you sang. Yes, we had her both <laughs> sing that song and like I'm not kidding. We like cleared the whole bar. Like nobody was fucking with us. They said they didn't want your humps. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it was not cute. Ew, it was I not my like, best moment. I feel like New Orleans is like the place where like you can do anything and everyone would just be like, Whoa! that's just not a good karaoke song. It's like, like when I got on stage and flashed my titties. Oh, yeah. I had to pull you off the fucking bar. Stage, stage, stage. The stage. It was the a stage. stage at a bar. I had to pull. I was like, oh, but we're leaving. If you're in New Orleans and you're a girl and you don't flash your titties, 
what's wrong with you? You've never been to New Orleans. I feel like. No, but doing my humps, like trying to karaoke, it's like we were out of breath. We're like, my humps, my humps. It's hella fast. <laughs> like, it's like, it's not a good song to karaoke to. Yeah. Well, anyways, <clears throat> there's that. Let's learn what the fuck. <laughs> I want to learn about broken heart syndrome, the mechanisms of it. We finna get into it. Okay. What it is. Okay, so definition. So broken heart syndrome is a condition characterized by sudden dysfunction and weakening of the left ventricle of the heart, which is the heart's main pumping chamber, accompanied by symptoms resembling those of a heart attack, but occurring in the absence of significant coronary artery disease. So it is not a heart attack. It is a temporary heart condition that's often brought on by stressful situations and extreme emotions. The condition is also referred to as stress-induced cardiomyopathy or takotsetsubo. I hate that word, bro. I know. Okay. I like looked at like the correct pronunciation of it so I didn't fuck it up, <laughs> but just saying it out loud is sounded that right? racist. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be respectful by looking up the correct pronunciation, but I won't say it with an Asian accent anymore. <laughs> Spell it toko. Taco Tetsubo, so T-A-K-O-T-S-U-B-O. So cardiomyopathy, let's break down that word as I love to do. So cardio means heart. No. Yes. I swear. Myo means muscle. And then pathy is uh, the act of suffering or feeling or disease. So that's why pathy is at the end of like a lot of diseases. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's more of an explanation of, of the symptoms Yeah. than, yeah. So heart muscle disease is what we're talking about here. So a actual taco tatsubo is a fishing pot for trapping octopus in Japan and apparently resembles the left ventricle of the heart when suffering from broken heart syndrome. Mm -hmm. So the photo that I put on the drive. She's obviously wrong in Nicole's rain. That's all I have to I'm say about correct. that. Takotsubo. Yeah. Takotsubo sounds way better. Taco Tetsubo. Taco Tuesday sounds way Taco better. Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Cardiomyopathy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they have this weird pot and I don't know, dude. I don't know. Yeah, I get what it's <laughs> – it's like imagine like the octopus without the like legs. It's like a pot – the, it's the like an upside down the octopus. correlation isn't that strong they could have named it literally anything else no yeah they they either name it after themselves or or a fucking random ass object that nobody fucking cares about or the few smart ones name it after the actual disease <laughs> <laughs> but it's rare all right so history of this disease it was first described in 1990 in japan so obviously it it probably existed before it definitely existed before 1990, but... Yeah, did you hear that Juliet suddenly died after Romeo? <laughs> uh, that was suicide. Oh, different. <laughs> different, but same. Very different. <laughs> okay. Um. Yes, so in Japan, Japan seems to be the place that takes this, this syndrome the most seriously. Um, most of the research done on it is... the most suicidal in Japan? Yeah, the Japanese are the most. Um, they have like Suicide Park and shit. Yeah. Oh my. There's a whole God. thing that I, I'm so. Oh sad yeah, that when I Logan Paul or Jake Paul, whatever stupid the ass took a video. I was like, let yesterday... me post this on my YouTube video. <laughs> I was yesterday years old when I realized that there was two Pauls, Logan and Jake, and that they're different. I don't. They're brothers. Even watch him. 
I don't either. I, I just thought they were noticed. one person. Yeah, I don't. Fuck them anyways. <clears throat> but that makes, that's actually interesting. That's an interesting um, note, note because, uh, yeah, it's, I know that when I went down that rab- rabbit hole, it started from seeing his video, but like, I learned more about the park and Japanese culture in general. They're very depressed. Well, no, I'm not saying everybody that's Japanese is depressed. They're but, living in the real world, which yeah. is depressing as fuck. So, yeah. well, okay. moving on. All right. So, some basic info on this disease. Um, more than 90% of reported cases are guests in Japan. No. The US. No. Gender. Oh, women. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about like locations. I was like, Japan. Okay, yeah. Warmer, women. colder, colder, warmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. More than 90% of reported cases are in women, which is interesting because you said a lot of husbands died in your stories. Brief stories, but um, yeah. Those aren't, it seems like those stories aren't diagnosed broken heart syndrome. Um, they were, but, well, not the ones that were like discussions, but um, I did leave out because I was going to kind of like wrap it in the end, the ones that weren't like post a breakup because I know we're going to learn about that with you. Yeah. Okay. So uh, almost all of these are aged 58 to 75 with less than 3% being younger than 50 years old. And a lot of these in these women are um, occur after menopause which is interesting. Um, we should probably do an episode on menopause because I don't know too much about it and it's going to happen to us in like 30, in 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Actually, I'd like to know yeah, I'd what like we're to know. going into. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it has something to do with hormones and brain chemistry changing. Yeah. Um, okay. Res- and our hypothalamus being bigger than men's. Yeah. So research suggests that up to 5% of women suspected of having a heart attack actually have this disorder. So it is an extremely rare disease affecting about 1.2% to 2.2% of people in Japan and 2 to 3% in western countries who suffer a myocardial infarction. So most of the data that I am getting is is going to be from Japan. It's because they care about people's hearts and America doesn't. Yeah. No, well, the Eastern culture is way more like, well, why are you gassy or gaseous? Gassy? Gassy. Or why are you like versus let's try to remedy the symptoms of this disease. Put this on medication. Put this on medication. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because we really should care more about heart disease in this country because it it is the leading leading cause of death. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. We know how things work out here. We don't do that. Yeah put you on a pill all right so some symptoms so with broken heart syndrome or takatsubo <laughs> taco tuesday taco tuesday with taco tuesday myocardial infraction <clears throat> myopathy uh you can expect chest pain with or without shortness of breath um a sudden drop in blood pressure and then there's also a bunch of stressors that can be associated with the syndrome so to name a few, cardiac stresses such as serious illness, surgery, or a medical procedure, um, severe pain, domestic violence, an asthma attack, receiving bad news, um, a car accident, unexpected loss of a loved one, mm-hmm. a fierce argument, financial loss, intense fear, public speaking, a surprise party, or sudden surprise. 
can send you on your way to breaking your heart. Okay. Okay. So basically, things that we all deal with on a normal day could send you into breaking your heart. Which when we're in that state of heartache, mm-hmm. that's that's what happens. Yeah. It's so like, what do you... Everything feels bigger because you're... We'll, we'll yeah. get to the, the mechanisms, but yeah. I mean, when you're in this state of constantly going day on day with having these these chemicals flooding your brain that are causing you like sadness and pain your body's like something must be wrong it's just like waiting for the needle to drop yeah um okay so causes a precise cause isn't known but it is thought that surging stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol stun the heart triggering changes in both heart muscle cells and coronary blood vessels which then prevents the left ventricle from contracting effectively Therefore, you're not able to pump blood through your body. Mm -hmm. Let's get into the pathology. So the main characteristic of this disease is the ballooning of the left ventricle of the heart, causing it to become extremely weak. So we'll put photos up when this episode goes up so you guys can see. But basically, the left ventricle balloons in size. So it should be a certain size. And the main characteristic of this disease is having it inflate like that to a size that it's not supposed to be. Yeah, that's why you're you're in in turn, like your heart is larger than it should be. Yeah, it's literally, literally your heart is breaking. Yeah. Broked. Broked. (laughs) Broke Breaking hearts. Well, it's it's about a break. It's about to like pop in a way. It's about to pop. Because it's like... So, um... I just want to go over these two terms because I remember when I was taking my one of my physiology courses. Um, I must have been the one focused on cardio, but these terms are used a lot if you get blood work done or if you if you care about actually checking your vitals when you get them done. Um, systole is the phase of the heartbeat when the heart muscle contracts and pumps blood from the chambers into the arteries. So if you can imagine. Um, a pumping heart. Or if you can imagine squeezing something, you know those stress balls that people squeeze? If you mm-hmm. can imagine squeezing it, the action of you squeezing it would be the action of it contracting or systole. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, diastole, which is the phase of the heartbeat when the heart muscle relaxes and allows the chambers to fill with blood, which would be the action of you releasing this stress ball and it returning to its normal shape. Mm-hmm. So an echocardiogram. An echocardiogram, which is just an ultrasound of the heart, shows the swelling and ballooning of the left ventricle during systolic contraction, where it resembles the Takotsubo octopus pot, as mentioned earlier. So this is abnormal and interesting because normal during normal systole or contraction, the heart would become smaller as it contracts, as something does when it contracts, mm-hmm. and then it would relax into its larger form as it goes into diastole. So in this case, it is ballooning and going into a larger form than its relaxed form Mm -hmm. during contraction. So a pumping heart, because I I don't know, I feel like that's like a good visual too. Or Mm -hmm. even just your analogy of like the stress ball. It's like instead of it decreasing in circumference when you contract it, when you squeeze it, it's getting bigger. Yeah. And And that's very concerning. Your heart is a muscle. So for it to, for a muscle to balloon in any sort of way is not good and completely abnormal. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can visually imagine this, you can see why this would be a huge issue. Also ballooning would be just completely stretching the surface area. Mm Mm-hmm of its relaxed form, which I would imagine would cause 
all of the regular functions to be dysfunctional. With anatomy and physiology, physiology, I guess, the anatomy contribution or tie to physiology is like the structure of it matters. Mm -hmm. So definitely it not getting smaller in circumference and in fact getting bigger is concerning. Yeah. Anything that's getting bigger during a contraction, that's not how the universe is supposed to run. Not how it works. So some pathophysiology. So how does this happen and what mechanisms cause this ballooning of the heart? Um, Again, it's not fully understood, but there are three uh, prevailing theories. So the first one is the microvascular dysfunction or transient vasospasm. So this is... I'm going to skip over literally all of the jargon and give you my summary of what I read. Basically, it's describing that multiple spasms of coronary arteries are happening at the same time, which would cause enough loss of blood flow, causing the stunning of the left ventricle. Okay. So a bunch of arteries spasming simultaneously, basically causing that muscle to not work. Mm -hmm. I like when I think about like, like that takes me to think about like a hose. Like when it say we're to spasm, it mm-hmm. affects the not just flow of the water, but like it when it's abnormal like that, um, the distribution, I guess, of the blood and how it's happening. Yeah, I think a hose stresses is a, it more than I think a hose is a really good um analogy because if you think of like a spasm, which would be like a kind of like a tick or like a like yeah, think of like a hose being on full force and then you like bend it, like make a crick in it. And then the, the water and then the crick comes out and the water spurts out. Like yeah. if the hose didn't have better, um, I guess like insulation or structure, it would balloon out from the, from the pressure of the water coming out. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a really our, good analogy. Our cardiac sheath is not meant to like withhold and make this impossible. Mm-hmm. It's like actually our cardiac sheath is pretty sensitive and thin mm-hmm. that's yeah. why we have all these different pleuras that are surrounding it and your chest cavity and your ribs and all of these your lungs that are protecting it because it's actually not that strong yeah i remember the first time i heard about just as a complete side note vitamin c like people taking it i heard it first in gray's anatomy and that then i looked into it uh, further but dr yang when she was like talking about how people take vitamin c's as like just candy and it does actually has proven to affect the cardiac sheath your Mm -hmm. cardiac sheath like thinning it more um and how yeah i didn't know that not Um, all supplements are good supplements in in reality there's no test it's not regulated at all so yeah that's the thing with fucking supplements i know i went on a tangent on this in another episode They, they could work if i feel like like for me there's times where i know that i'm not like fish oil or something like or if I do want to take vitamin C, it's because it's going to be during the winter when I'm... Yeah, I think if you I know are in a position where you have a deficiency, then it makes sense to try to remedy that. But I think a lot, a of, lot people of people just are take, taking it yeah, just to... people are just fucking filling their hands up with vitamins and taking them down. Yeah, it could it could be not beneficial and actually harmful. Yeah. What you what you think is beneficial. So definitely, yeah. But okay. Yeah, I'll, I could go on a tangent about supplements, but I won't. Okay, so the that was the first theory. So the second theory um, is this catecholamine-induced myocyte injury. So a myocyte is a muscle cell. 
And catecholamines are neurotransmitters such as epinephrine, which is adrenaline, or like dopamine. So your flight or flight response. Flight or fight. Yeah. What did I say? Flight or flight. Flight, flight, fight. (laughs) So your flight, flight, don't fight response is. Your fight or flight response (laughs) neurotransmitters. (laughs) That is what a catecholamine is. Um, So during stressful events, the sympathetic nervous system releases these catecholamines. So excessive catecholamine stimulation is toxic to cardiac muscle cells, which could in turn cause the contraction effect of the left ventricle to be disturbed. Interesting. So this. The, me- the physiology of what's happening could be naturally beneficial in certain, like a flight or fight response, mm-hmm. but it happening, being in triggered. Excess. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. Okay. Is, is what think, makes it harmful. Mm-hmm. The that main thing is in excess. So like when you're in a fight or flight situation, that is, you know, your brain trying Cortisol to- levels yeah, increase. Yeah. That is and- your brain trying to save you, but it doesn't last long. Your body doesn't continue to release that surge of those catecholamines. Yeah. But if you're dealing with something like heartbreak, loss of a loved one, mm-hmm. you're going days and days with these- being released yeah so like season one narcolepsy narcolepsy is your brain basically releasing these neurotransmitter communication it's it's basically making to where the physiology of your brain is saying we need to take a nap or you know being out of balance Mm -hmm. and then and the heartbroken heart syndrome is the one of the theories is that it could be that like a function of your body happening but excessively yeah excessively yeah for a longer period of time than what it would be able to normally deal with yeah interesting that's plausible yeah which brings me to the third theory mid ventricular obstruction or apical stunning so this is kind of adding on to the previous theory by suggesting that this overstimulation and overflow of the catecholamines causes a desensitization of the cells response to these chemicals so in the presence of excess catecholamines the normal cardiac function is inhibited Okay, so yeah, adding on to the last theory because it's, well, why it's not returning to normal state. Yeah, it's desensitized. So this also reminds me of um, caffeine. So caffeine, when you drink caffeine, the receptor that it affects is, it's like adenine and and basically your cells grab onto this molecule and it wakes you up. That's what that molecule's job is to do. If you, I don't know if anyone's experienced this. I know I have definitely in college, like drinking tons of caffeine, like throughout the day, like just cups and cups and cups. Oh, and, yeah. and I could, I could take a nap or even in some cases I felt more tired, the more yes. caffeine that I drink. Yeah. Yeah. This is literally what desensitization is. So it's yeah. like, it actually ends up having a reverse effect. On that same note, uh, melatonin. Let's mm-hmm. talk about melatonin because that's a very all of a sudden there's products like melatonin vape now pens you can and stuff. smoke melatonin. Yeah. The I'll thing try about it. that, I, no, <laughs> dead the fuck ass. I'm I'm all for it, but I'll it's, try it. it's the thing about any substance, even with like weed and alcohol and any substance. I think melatonin, like the chemistry of how your brain works, like you produce that on your own. So if you're taking it, I read more than two weeks. That's excessive. Yeah. And you shouldn't be doing that. And I know that I've taken melatonin here and there. If I'm anxious, like I need something, whether it's weed 
or like indica weed or, or melatonin, whatever. But I do try to be careful about like not relying, don't rely on it. And then now yeah, I can definitely speak to the melatonin thing. Cause I've dealt with insomnia for literally my whole life and yeah. I have taken melatonin religiously for weeks at a time. And it has had reverse effects on me you where can't. I'll wake up at 3am and I'm ready to get up. Yeah, no, it's not. And it yeah. also affects actually long-term. It's kind of like if you fuck with your diet and you're not Mm-hmm. New, like your nutrients are uh being you're low on like you're not feeding your your body properly there's some conditions that you can't come back from so in the same way with melatonin if you're taking it too excessively it can affect how your body naturally produces it so yeah. in the same way um well with broken heart syndrome the interesting part about that my mind just went to could it be like our responsibility to not stay in that state like it would be with melatonin not taking melatonin every night or for an extended period of time? Is that what's causing our body to be in that excessive state of stress? Yeah, 100%. And I mean – That's important because, look, tis the season for Valentine's Day, but I mean any of us going through it – Baby girl, don't stay in there. Don't stay in that space. Don't stay in that space. It's literally – yeah, I know like I have gone through so many depressive episodes and oh, go yeah. through them. We've known each other enough to have seen each other go through. Yeah, I was that. just in one earlier this week and I was just like telling myself, you can't stay in this space. Like you can't, you have to get out of this space. Like you do have some sort of control over your brain and whatever. It, I think it, to it, some extent, to yeah. some extent, I think it is, I think it is your responsibility to... <clears throat> to try your hardest to get out of that type of hole, you know? Yeah. I think the state of mind being emotionally crushed by a situation like this is what makes us so vulnerable to Mm -hmm. being able to fall into a place where we're like lacking significantly. Okay. Me, if I'm depressed, I can go from like eating a lot or eating nothing. I literally will eat nothing. And I can go, I can, I have like, People have told me like about my eating habits and how like I'm an emotional eater and I'm like, I mean, I never saw it as a problem, but then now I'm like, okay, dead ass. I have to like force myself and it's through meditation. It's through journaling. It's through self-care, whatever, whatever form, works for you, what, whatever, a mixture of it all, whatever that gets you to being, I feel it's not always going to be easy and it's not always going to be possible, but for the most part, stronger mentally to where you're able to get out of there. And if that means that I can avoid feeling like I have broken heart syndrome or, or potentially having it actually like, fuck. Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. That shit's hearts up. Okay. Keep going. So yes. So in conclusion, it's likely that all of these theories are true. And in fact, that they're just all working together to produce the phenomenon known as broken heart syndrome. I think the third theory kind of puts them all together into one and describes it best. So yeah, that's that. Um, Finishing up here, diagnosis, um, it is completely indistinguishable from a heart attack until imaging of the heart is done to see if the swelling of the left ventricle, which is present, which Mm -hmm. would consequently rule out heart attack as a diagnosis because when you have a heart attack, your left ventricle does not do that. Yeah. Yeah. So further testing shows that it's also unlikely a heart attack because there is no evidence of angiogram of blockages in the coronary arteries, which is something that is the most common cause of, of heart, heart attacks. Attack, and that yeah. it can, is not present in broken heart syndrome. Um, 
treatment. So there is no standard treatment. Um, it usually clears up within about a month, which reminded me kind of of like habits. So like they say 30 days is the amount of days that you need to create a new habit for yourself or to break yes. a habit. Yes. And I think, I think especially for women, I don't, I obviously can't speak to men cause I'm not one, but yeah, I think it would be safe to say that it could be similar, but maybe your brain chemistry kind of operates on this like 30 day cycle where you kind of just go through and da, 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 da. And I know like, 100%. yeah, I know with myself, like when I describe being basically in any sort of up mood or down mood, I pay attention to how I feel on a month by month basis. Mm-hmm. And I know like I can feel like sadness creeping in or whatever it is. And, and I've, looked at myself and been like, okay, I've been up for a couple weeks. Like I know the down is coming. Yeah. That's Buddhism. Yeah. That's, that's being able to say, I, you have to accept, um, the good and the bad. And, and that's just right. Re- and, and recognizing patterns within myself. And a lot of the time there is no cause. It's just yeah. like, I just woke up this week and I feel like I don't want to live as much as I did last week or yeah. whatever it is, you know? So there's, there's in what you're saying, cause I know I started with the stories of um, the main one and most of them being about like love and love, love lost. And then that leading to broken heart syndrome. But I think I love the direction that we're going because we're talking, we're emphasizing how important it is to self-care and it's Valentine's day that people are listening to this. And to pay attention to your body and how you feel, take note of it. Yeah. And this, this broken heart syndrome romantically coined uh can can yes there's stories on that but there's also stories that I didn't mention um where this happened that's what they were diagnosed as having but they weren't it wasn't post uh a A love lost it was or or any traumatic event it was okay like Cheryl Lawson deciding my work was literally making me unhappy Mm -hmm. and I was so oblivious to it that like when um Helen went into the doctor she said well yeah I mean I did just recently go through a breakup like I'm having a hard time she didn't even think that that could be something that affected her health the way that it was Mm -hmm. or that they wouldn't even care but then it ended up being what they were able to diagnose as broken heart syndrome and for Cheryl Lawson, she's a librarian in Texas. She was having those same symptoms, um, heavy breathing, just feeling like a sharp pain from her chest or her neck. And then she's diagnosed with this. And though she didn't suffer like a recent heartbreak, the demands and stress of her work life is what she ultimately felt had worn her down. And now she's implementing these decompressing moments throughout her day where she can really... And this is meditation for like, I think I love the direction that we're going because for me in the last, like within the last three years, meditating has changed for me. What the term of that means yoga. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been fit I've been fit. I've been active soccer, but I'm like an aggressive, like I like weightlifting. Yoga was a challenge for me because I first did it through a class and it was like a release of like, I got to be active but then quarantine happened and I'm doing yoga at home and that is so, so different. So different. It's it's a part of my meditation process now like if I need to decompress it's it your body the fact that my body my body feeling stretched 
and good can have such a positive influence and effect to my mental. Fuck yeah, if your mental is affected. Yeah. You're going to have some physical. Broken heart syndrome is like a thing that I think sounds superficial or fake. Yeah. If somebody were to I was just going to say... We're, we're saying broken heart syndrome. And often when we talk about syndromes, it's kind of things that are like, oh, it's a phenomenon. It's da da da. No, this is an actual, dis- it's a real disease. It's a cardiomyopathy. Like it, it's real. Yeah. It's not some psychological thing. It's, it's completely real and physical of your heart actually breaking. Yeah. So I think that's important to know. Definitely. That your, that your emotional state and how you treat your body does in turn physically affect your body there's such a separation with emotion and and the i think the medicine side of science sometimes there is in western culture yeah and i think that's what we're seeing here too with this with this disease is there is that huge separation in Western culture. They're like, no, if you work out, you should shed the fat. Like, da, da. it's like you're you're completely ignoring the the mental part of it, the emotional yeah. part of it, which plays a huge fucking part. And I don't think any scientist would argue that it does play a part. So the fact that it's not more practiced in medicine is because I think mostly women just recently started having some type of influence in this world, uh, not for all countries, but like definitely for our society. And like, we're the ones to bring that to the table. I think I, men weren't doing it. They don't care. Yeah. They don't fucking care. I they almost don't... wonder if like, We have psychologists and therapists and then you have medical doctors, but I almost wonder if medical doctors should undergo some sort of like psychiatric like training as well because it plays so much into things where like medical doctors are always looking at numbers and charts and da, 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 da. And it's like, you're missing a whole part of the fucking picture. So Lisa Sanders, funny you say that I'm reading currently her book. Uh, everyone, every patient tells the story. I'm not finished with it yet, but the first couple of chapters, basically, like she talks about this, literally, this the fact that doctors nowadays, and more specifically about the inpatient process and getting the history from the patient themselves, mm-hmm. and that aspect of being able to hear the story from the patient and process, like, what does that mean? What questions do I have to ask? But Lisa Sanders talks about how um, it was actually surprising to know that I think around, don't quote me on this, but around 15% of diagnoses are wrong. Miss or 15? In, around there, yeah. Yeah. And that's high. That's really high. I would high. actually expect it to be higher. I would actually expect it to be lower because we have the technology to make the process quicker. But why are we excluding that initial intake process? I think most of that from Lisa Sanders' viewpoint happens to be the way that your mind has to work when you're thinking about connecting symptoms to a disease. I also think it's, and I get that. I think it's also on the patient too, because they're like, oh, I have a, I have a rash. Like, no, like, no, it itches. Like, da-da. they're not thinking to be like, Oh, well this and this and this has happened to a me. A psychologist would yeah. know the questions to ask, but I mean, yeah. So yeah, that's that. We are live and we're back. Okay. I really enjoyed this episode you were the one that wanted that put it on the list broken heart syndrome but i just i'm thinking like our listeners right now listening to this definitely are not on a date with their boyfriends on valentine's day so (laughs) um you don't know or or even if you are and good for you i hope it lasts exactly but if it doesn't 
we're those friends that got your back. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about, because I feel like though we don't know the pathology technically of it, we have these theories that are suggestive, but very promising i mean it, it they, it, it's they basically s- when you're in a state of stress whether or not it for happened a prolonged from a breakup, period yeah whether uh, even like it being work and you didn't know it like obviously being in the state of mind ha- is having this impact or this this is causing this so when to whatever extent you want to say have you felt like you could have possibly had or have had broken heart syndrome and what have you learned thus far? What would you have told yourself now, today, at that time to do differently? Um, I think for me, I've been through a few heartbreaks and a few of them have been like over and over again. And so with each time that it happens, okay, just to be clear, I have lost a few loved ones and friends. Um, yeah, so not limited. This is not this limited. This is not to just limited to just that romantic but, love. Yeah, no. But um, I'm going to speak on mostly romantic love. I think. So okay. yeah, due to Valentine's Day, you know. Yeah, I hope there's not a lot of heartbreaks out there. But I mean, I've also oh, they're definitely. I feel is. like a lot of my girlfriends are always like, oh, he just broke. First of all, it's a rite of passage. I would say every time it would my my bounce back would become shorter and shorter. The time it took for me to bounce back. Oh yeah. Would be shorter and shorter. Um, Uh and I think, you know, a friend telling me, me saying, you know, I feel this way, da, 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 da. And you, you kind of get like tired of like, you, you get tired of hearing yourself be sad about the same thing over and over again. And a friend just telling me like, you can't sit in that space for too long. Yes. Yeah. Is, and most friends won't tell you that. Yeah, and I think like you don't. Which, it's it seems so obvious, but to it's it's not. It's like you you have to have someone tell you that because you will take you yourself down somebody, a dark ass hole. Like yeah. your brain will just go like from the next thing to the next thing from the next thing, and like at yeah. the at the bottom of it, like you just feel like a piece of shit. And to not let yourself get to that point by doing whatever it is that you need to do, whether it's distracting yourself with something else or I mean I think that's really what it is is distracting yourself with something else like well yes in a healthy way in a healthy way so for me like I started doing yoga literally a year ago in December at the beginning of December and my mental health has dramatically dramatically changed I don't know yeah that was my healthy getaway because my way of dealing with things before we're like drinking, partying, like ignoring numbing. that time has literally become time for yourself. Yeah. You're literally with yourself. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so that's just one of the things and, and really just like focusing on myself and, and practicing, um, positive self-talk mm-hmm. versus like sitting in that sadness where you're just like, I'm a fucking piece of shit. Like, why doesn't, I'm not good enough or like whatever the fuck, like throwing that away and being like, these are all the things that I love about myself or I want to be this way. How do I work on this and focusing your energy into that and trying to bring yourself back to that when you, when you're going down that hole, I think is the biggest thing for me. Definitely. I agree with you. What about you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, this was a one way street. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I agree with everything that you said. Um, you and I have like similar upbringing. So first and foremost, just to add to that, basically, like 
and we have had we have had multiple conversations about this like where you have to you have to learn what healthy coping mechanisms or coping methods are um we i like i understand how some earlier we said like some women lose the empower their empowerment i watched my mom literally take classes on woman empowerment when she tried to leave my dad so for me i remember like being like i i think i retained actually not wanting to live that life again and was have thus far been able to stick to that because of my personality of being to pat myself on the back resilient but like but like in a lot of ways stubborn i remember going through things like going through a heartbreak so in like my times like it's hard for me because i'm not used to relying on or needing people i won't even tell my family what's going on like so for me it's so hard to be in that state of mind where it's like you have to accept that you can't do it alone and so yes i agree yoga and doing all these things to keep ourselves distracted is like essential for me but that has been my survival method for my whole life Mm -hmm. so the biggest lesson for me personally has been implementing this practice of I'm gonna go to this mindset and cry because I need to Mm -hmm. or I'm gonna go to this mindset sometimes it's hard because I have to literally go there mentally and And so you don't want to I don't want to and it's not just that it's like coming back from there has gotten easier from the practice of doing it positively and healthy in a healthy way and having things like I'm not just like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna allocate like this time to do it it's also like and after that I'm gonna make sure that I hang out with a friend Mm -hmm. and these are things that like are they sound so meticulous but as Amanda what her name what's her name Amanda sales. Yeah. As she said, nothing is meticulous any anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everything is energy. Mm-hmm. And when you pay attention to energy, it's meticulous. Yeah. So we're done with using these like terms of like downplaying our self-care and our self-help, like, like methods that a lot of us have had to learn from scratch at a later age. And to me, like, yes, I agree with you. Do that. I, I have to do that. I remember fucking, I don't know how many times coming over here, like being like, I need to do yoga. Like I need to fucking yeah. like, I just fucking like, had a moment. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's literally, or journaling, like whatever it is, but also take that time. It's just as important to take that time and deal with those things because that's how you get, I think these stories of like people being like, I didn't even know that I was just out and apparently i'm fucking yeah it's because we hate my work yeah we're just so used to living life and accepting that we're supposed to feel this way we're not supposed to fucking feel this way no yeah and i think that's a really good point is you know i brought up like distracting yourself but also it's it's more just like shifting your priorities but also it's so fucking important to to sometimes sit in those feelings and then work through them and come out the other side. Yes. Both are just as equally important. Yeah. Both are, both are literally hand in mm-hmm. hand. Like, and it's just all self work and exactly. like self discipline. What? Like for me, like I, like I had initially said, like, what would you have told yourself the earlier version of yourself? But I also feel like we had that friend maybe at yeah, one point. I guess point. I didn't really answer that. 
But we we could well what I was gonna say was that we, we could have had that friend. Doesn't it feel like I've learned at least? It doesn't matter if I was told lessons sometimes don't click for me until like later. No, a hundred percent. And so well, everyone you can be told, you know, leave him or find another job or whatever the fuck it is. Like you can be told that over and over again, but it won't matter to you until you are at the point where you're ready. Yeah. And that you've had enough and everyone has to hit their own plateau like of whenever that is for them so I hope that anybody listening to this will hear what we've had to say about like what we've learned thus far about trying to avoid like I think those those potentially being or getting broken heart syndrome but um I read something very briefly about how like broken heart syndrome is also like shooting up because or since COVID and the importance in that is like, as as we've been trying to say, it's not just we Valentine's like Day is like we're like of it happening are rising. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, domestic violence, as you said, was possibly one of the triggers, Definitely. which it is, and and 100%. and there's an increase of it right now because people are stuck inside with their abusive spouses. Yeah, and so I wanted to like wrap up with something positive, like. We've been able to do this thus far, but what to wrap up would your like message be maybe to somebody let that's all like, oh, they're talking about broken heart syndrome. I might have that right now. What would you say? I would say look literally analyze yourself. Like you have to go to you if you're gonna be in that dark place that you already are in, use your brain while you're in that dark place. Analyze everything that's going on with you. Analyze the way that you feel Mm -hmm. a lot of people like to put the blame on other people's for the people for the way that they feel like your ex always has to be painted as a bad person because they didn't exactly want you or whatever the Mm -hmm. reason Yeah. yeah when in reality it's like okay well we all have to take accountability for our actions and sometimes that's not what we want to hear or what we want to come to terms with but if you have, for example, I'm going to use myself. If you have a pattern, if I have a pattern that I have had in relationships of me acting in a certain way or me getting into a certain type of mindset when I'm in a relationship, that is completely on me and I need to look at that. Exactly. And so I think Same. analyzing literally everything you do and the way that you feel on a day-to-day basis and trying to figure out what is going on with you is is of the first place to start. And I do think that self-help is like a, is a, is a strange term, but you can help yourself to a certain extent and you should as much as you can. And if you still need help further, then get that help as well. But yeah, I think looking at yourself and being open and honest with yourself and spending time with yourself and coming to some like hard truths about yourself. Yeah can get you somewhere it's ugly though at first but yes oh it's real ugly (laughs) i think it's valentine's day and or valentine's season that you guys are listening to this and i think it's beautiful for those who have it and those who are in a healthy relationship i don't give up on the fact that it exists no not at all i think what i'd hope that anybody listening to this can take away is Broken heart syndrome is not just about you got broken up with, somebody broke up with you and now you're broken hearted. 
it can be heartache from anything. Mm-hmm. And that means that this episode isn't about preventative measures within just like a relationship. It's about actually more about yourself mm-hmm. and the way that you care for yourself. And when I had to get real with myself and ask myself what that looked like and realize that it was non-existent for a while, like I've been on this journey of like, we've talked about the habits that we've picked up on, but. And we're still on this journey. This is you. an endless journey, yeah, by the way. This, this is, is not ever. And anybody, you have to work every single day at it. I think part of my own irritation with the concept of self-help, which I agree you said it's weird is I didn't know of it. And so maybe like the way I I just always try to catch myself, like how I'm thinking, why do I think the way that I'm thinking? And yeah, maybe it is an abstract idea because, or like fucking weird because I didn't, I wasn't blue Ivy telling her dad, I don't like the way that you talked to to me me. two seconds ago, (laughs) telling me to get in the car because we're running like a school. Don't talk to me like that. I would have gotten backhanded. Yeah, we're holding it in. And we think that this is normal that we should hold it in because this is life. Yeah. So whether in this time of the year you are brokenhearted from a breakup or a loss because of COVID, who who fucking knows? Or you're fucking just stressed out because life is fucking hard. Even if everything seems fine, make sure that you have this implementation of like self-discovery, self-help. And I think, as you said your, to your point earlier of it getting easier, it's because when you rationalize with it, yes, the fuck you can live without him. Mm-hmm. Yes, the fuck you can live without her. It's well, about... And your life will continue to go on. <laughs> yes. Whether you like Which it or not. Which we can all say if we've all been through any <laughs> heartbreak, we're like... Oh, like I really didn't think I was gonna make it alive. The world so didn't stop weird. because I was sad. That's so weird. That that was the hardest lesson. Was like when obviously I always knew that the world wasn't gonna stop or care. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, yes, literally, that's the first thing you have to realize is life isn't gonna stop. No one's gonna come and help you. Mm-mm. I, no one came. No one. You can only save yourself, really. Really, and. Because you're in control of yourself. No one else is. So on that note, we'll talk to you soon. I bid you adieu and a happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. We love you. Stay love sick with it. Love the fuck out of you. Bye. Bye.